You are listening to the Speak Podcast. The podcast featuring talks from Speak, a public speaking platform for people with ideas and stories. Produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Welcome to another episode of the Speak Podcast. This is George Andriopoulos, the architect and one of the co-leaders here at Speak. And today's episode is another live recording of the Speak Podcast, this time after Speak Neurodiversity, which took place on November 15th, 2023 at the Gene Rimsky Theater in Port Washington, New York. And this event was co-produced by Speak and the Nicholas Center. This was such an incredible event, and we recorded this live episode of the podcast right after our speakers of the night. So sit back and enjoy an incredible fireside chat with these speakers, along with myself and Fred Banny hosting the episode. Welcome to the Speak Podcast, produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. New episodes available every week on all your favorite podcast platforms. Speak is a public speaking platform for people with ideas and stories. Each Speak Talk features three key moments. The moment of truth, the moment of transformation, and the moment of impact. We host pop-up events all over the world, and now we are bringing our talks to your device. Our speakers are stepping onto the stage and into the spotlight, and now onto this podcast. Welcome to the show. Please welcome the host of the Speak Podcast, George Andriopoulos and Fred Banny. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Welcome, welcome to the Speak Podcast. So there's going to be a little bit of redundancy here for those that uh, were here for the pop-up event a few minutes ago. Those listening at home, we just concluded Speak Neurodiversity, our 10th pop-up since our inception last November. Thank yes, you. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Put your hands together for that. 10, it's been hard work, but it's been an incredible journey. As all of you who are in the studio audience have you experienced tonight, so thank you all. Yeah, sure. So there's going to be a little bit of redundancy from the event earlier. We're going to talk about some things that we've already talked about just so that the, the audience at home can get to know the Speak podcast a little bit in the Speak platform. But again, we just finished the Speak Neurodiversity event. What do you think? Amazing, man. Amazing. You know, and I was having some conversations back you know, in the green room with, uh, with the speakers. What I love about this is to see all the hard work, uh, the rehearsal, and everything comes together. And I'm so proud of every speaker that took the stage today. Because prior to the event, some of them was nervous. But when the lights came on, they delivered. Didn't they deliver? Didn't they deliver? Awesome, awesome. And that's the beauty of what we do, man. It, it, it pumps them up every time. Yeah, and I love that we had some thoughtful conversations backstage with some of the speakers. You know, we, we pride ourselves on working with channel partners and speakers that really care about what they're speaking about, right? We, we don't want people to just come on the stage just so that they could put something next to their name on their LinkedIn profile to say that they're a published speaker and that they, they achieved this new thing and it didn't really matter. Uh, we wanna bring speakers on our stage that actually care about what they're speaking about, that come here to create change. And so, you know, when we have conversations like we did backstage, it really shows us that We've, we've made some good decisions here, and, and we have some incredible people part of this thing. Absolutely. And even during intermission, I was walking, you know, amongst the audience members, audience members and I was having some conversations. And I, someone said to me, it's such a roller coaster. 
And I was like, I love it because as humans, you know, stories is what connects us, right? You have some talks that may be funny, other talks that may be emotionally moving. And that's why the Speak platform exists, to bring these ideas and stories that really matters. And our job is to elevate and amplify those ideas and stories. So I love this journey, brother. We're doing something amazing. I'm, I'm loving I'm it, too. I'm proud to say that, yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about here with our studio audience what the Speak podcast is, what we're doing with this platform. So you all just witnessed a Speak pop-up event. Speak pop-up events are the foundation of what we do here. We have pop-up events all over the world, and they lead eventually to our annual main stage event. If all goes well, which it is going well, it looks like we will be in the theater at Madison Square Garden October of 2024. That is the goal. And our speakers that appear on our pop-up stages have the opportunity to apply to speak on that main stage annually. Now, from now till then, what happens? Well, we host a pop-up event. Our incredible team records these events. I was gonna say videotape, which shows you my age, but our incredible team uh, records these events. We produce these talks. They get released subsequently on our YouTube channel, and then eventually they make their way onto this right here, the Speak Podcast. So the Speak Podcast is a podcast that features every week three of our talks, right, from all different events. It's a mix of, of events, so it's not necessarily three from the neurodiversity event that you'll see. You might see one from neurodiversity, one from Speak Health, one from Speak Beginnings, right? We mix it up every week based on a micro theme. So you wanna talk about the micro themes a little? Yeah, absolutely, because what's incredible about the structure of that is you might be having an event in Dallas, Texas, and you might be having an event in Northern Ireland, and we're here in Port Washington. But there's a, a true line, a through line that runs through the talk. So we take those talks and we'll put them together so it tells a new story. So it's not redundant when somebody comes to an event and they're list, listening to the podcast. So those micro themes really give the listeners an incredible experience and they can kind of follow through based on that theme. And before, I don't know if we did this, but shout out to our third partner. I know we're going to get to that, Jason Martin, um, who is our third co-leader. He... As mentioned earlier, Jason is traveling, so he's, he wasn't able to be with us tonight. But Jason, you're here in spirit, and we love you, brother. Just wanted to shout you out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so one more thing before we bring our, our speakers out here and we interview them for our fireside chat tonight. Um, this podcast is something that we're super proud of. This is the second time that we have done a live episode of this podcast, and it looks like it's something that we're going to continue. The first time was after our Speak Health event, and it came out as a bonus episode uh, a secondary episode of, of the week last week, I think, or two weeks ago. Um, and we got incredible feedback on it, so we're going to keep doing this. So on some of the events where we don't have 10 speakers, we have a few less speakers, we'll fill in with the Speak podcast to have some incredible conversations. Now, this thing launched about three months ago, a little over three months ago. Um, we are still growing our YouTube channel and the videos, and so we hope in the coming year that they get a lot more attention and some of these go viral. But this podcast is already viral. This podcast has been consistently in the top 50 on Apple's performing arts charts. So you look at other podcasts that are some of the big boys in the speaking industry that are 1, 2, 3, 10, we're 50, right, out of tens of thousands of podcasts. So we're coming for them, uh, and, and it, just, it just really shows that these speakers that we have on our stage just have incredible messages to send. So uh, I wanted to thank you know, our audience here, our audience at home for supporting this podcast and this platform and, and really just amplifying voices, which is what we do. Yeah, so you know what? Let's just bring everybody out. Let's 
Go All right, come on out, guys. All right, keep it going, guys. Keep it going for everybody here. Welcome, welcome. So I'm going to do introductions here uh, on my left. So we'll start with our first speaker of the night, Brooke Millette. Hi, everyone. She's a princess. She is a princess. <laughs> we have Kelly Fisher. Hi. We have Pam Weingart. We have Robert Valley Jr. And Dr. Dale Coffin, A-star. I think they sat in a different order just to mess me up, but I got you guys. I got you. All right, so I want to dive in and begin by discussing neurodiversity with the speakers today. I mentioned this earlier during the event, but I'll go over it again. Neurodiversity is a word used to explain the unique ways that people's brains work. While everyone's brains develop similarly, no two brains function alike. Being neurodivergent means having a brain that works differently from the average or neurotypical person. Okay, so Kelly, you are a neurodivergent individual that has been through a tremendous journey in your life. Talk to us about why it's important to share stories like yours and who you think you can help by doing so. I think it's important to share stories of what you've been through because you can be a positive inspiration for others and you can help instill hope in others and like, I never thought I would achieve the things I've achieved today. And I think it's important to share your message. For so long, I was ashamed of the things I dealt with, but now I'm happy to be a positive inspiration for others and help people tell them that you can achieve anything you put in mind to if you have people that are willing to support you and help you. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. Um, I, I'm curious, there's, there's a big difference between disclosing and there's a big difference between getting up on stage and, and talking about it to the world. What did, what did point A to point B look like for you? Um, for a while, I didn't really understand my diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder until I was an adult. And then when I met my psychiatrist, that helped me understand it. That helped me understand why I struggled with a lot of things. So I'm, I just want to help others and... So now that I'm more comfortable talking about it, I'm more comfortable talking about it on stage and helping others instead of just talking about it among my friends. Yeah, amazing. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, thank you. Pam, I want to ask you as someone who we like to say is neurodiverse adjacent as the step-parent of a neurodivergent child. Same question to you. Why is it important to share stories like yours and who do you think you can help by doing so? Well, I was actually saying I wish I could have heard someone say what I said tonight when I was going through the journey with my stepdaughter. I mean, it took us four years to, to figure out what was going on and so much misery. Well, you know, she just didn't understand why certain things were difficult for her or the social dynamics of high school were so overwhelming for her. And, um, you know, as I said in, in my talk earlier, when the pieces fell together and we realized what it was, for her, it was the shedding of this, this uh, self-consciousness and this self-loathing for a while that um, was really, I'm so glad we got to this point, and I hope that 
maybe someone somewhere is listening and, and they will click and, and figure it out for their child. Amazing. Thank you, Pam. Thank you. Incredible. So our team members, we all play different roles in getting prepared for events like these. One of my role is to work with the speakers uh, during virtual rehearsal and preparing them not only on the content of the talks, but on the delivery of the talks. Brooke, I have a question for you. You know, I know this is the first time you're doing something like this. So I'd love to hear from you about your experience on, getting the on taking the stage and how was the preparation process like for you? Oh boy, I was so nervous. I know people who know me, I'm very outgoing and I'm like the center of attention and all that, but that's on my terms. This wasn't. <laughs> this was, you know, I was asked to do this. I had no idea what to expect. I'm like, of course, I got you, because I was asked by my company. And so I was like, of course, I'm in. And then finding out what the process is and that we had to memorize a, our story, I was like, oh, boy, this is way out of my element. But it was definitely, I'm so proud of myself. And I'm so proud of my, you know, team around me who is encouraging me and helped me get through this. Everyone was like, you, like, no brainer. You got to do this. You got this. And I think the way that I just recorded myself and I just listened to myself over and over again. We all, and I know how much I love here talking about myself. So it just really helped. I'm just teasing. I'm very humble. I think I am. <laughs> but... You know, it was really um, a special experience, and I'm so grateful to the Nicholas Center for, you know, giving me opportunities like this, and for you both here for helping me with this, you know, adventure of mine. I put on my resume, right? Can I? <laughs> Certainly, you okay. can. Absolutely. I'm glad to hear you say that you're proud of yourself, Brooke, because really we, we are proud of you as well, because we saw the work that you did. Uh, Brooke is fun to work with, as you, as you can tell, right? <laughs> She's incredible. I get it from my, I take after my mom. There you go. Seriously. There you go. I really do. Awesome, awesome. So, Mr. Valley, Robert, uh, you are an attorney that speaks, right? In different ways for a living. So talk to us about doing something that different, or that, that is different from your every, everyday talking, like, you know, standing in front of a judge or a juror and presenting. How impactful was this, was this for you and how was the experience? So this is different in that <clears throat> when you're in front of a judge or a jury, you generally have an outline. And you can vary from the outline depending upon the case. Here, you're kind of, you're asked to be locked into memorizing something, um, which is actually really interesting because I had the discussion with George that when you're up here and it's so ingrained in your memory after you know a few weeks of doing it, it's almost an out-of-body experience. So from that point of view, I, I really enjoyed doing this. And having this opportunity to revisit the timeline of my son's birth to now, which is 27 years, and the, the differences in the feelings you have, right? Because when, when, when you're, when you're you know, as a family, you first get pregnant, you're thinking about all the things that are gonna happen. And then your mindset changes as doctor has spoken about, um, and it's okay, right? I'm excited for the future, I'm excited for my son, and this gave me that opportunity to kind of revisit that in my mind. Thank you, thank you, Robert. 
Um, I, I, I had to walk away from your talk as you were giving it because I got, I, you know, rehearsal and just reading your drafts. I get emotional just reading it. I'm a father of four, and I can't, I can't hear anything about somebody's kid without just like breaking out into tears. So uh, it was an incredible talk. Thank you for that. Um, so we mentioned earlier that tonight's pop-up event, Speak Neurodiversity, is co-produced by the Nicholas Center, a 501c3 human services agency with a social mission to create innovative programs and services that allow autistic individuals to learn, live, and work in the community. I got that right, Leanne, right? Learn, live, and work. I know it. Okay, the Nicholas Center is an incredible organization that I have had the pleasure of working with in a number of ways. Dale. Talk to us about the importance of an organization like the Nicholas Center and how your story tonight ties to the Nicholas Center. So that is a multifaceted question. Um, it's the only kind we ask here. <laughs> Centers like the Nicholas Center are so important because the unemployment rate for individuals on the spectrum is somewhere upwards of 90%, which is insane. And that comment I made during my speech about uh, individuals with autism graduating to their parents' couch is very common. Because once upon a time, there was nothing available after high school. Um, in organizations such as the Nicholas Center saves people's lives. Not only the individual diagnosed, but the families as well. And I don't think that people really understand and value the desperation that people feel. Um, so it's almost like a lifeline. And there are many more organizations that are opening because of work that they see um, can be done. And it's such an interesting dichotomy to reflect on. Um, I think that my experience with the Nicholas Center um, goes way back. I was Nicholas's OT when he was two years old. Um, and that's how Stella and I met. And when my own son was diagnosed with autism, I ventured off to do other things, but we still kept in touch. And when I saw the corporation that she was creating an entity, I was like, wow, you know, it makes me hopeful for the future for individuals on the spectrum because they actually can be productive and contribute to society, which they have so much value if people really give them the opportunity and the benefit of the doubt. Thank you, Dale. Thank you. So Brooke, you happen to also be an employee of the Nicholas Center. Yes, you get to go again. I sure am. Dare we do this? Yes. Eight All right. years, baby. Let's, let's dive in. Okay, Eight Brooke. Eight years. I Isn't had the nice? opportunity to work with Sorry. you as well while I was consulting for the Nicholas Center last year. So I want to ask you the same question about the importance of an organization like the Nicholas Center and how your story ties to the Nicholas Center. Oh, man. I mean, the Nicholas Center has really, you know, opened my eyes to, you know, the different, you know, programs that we can offer for individuals who have you know, intellectual disabilities, uh, you know, whatever you want to, you want to say. And like, I just thinking back, like when I spoke about, you know, my brother, Zach, you know, he, ne we, they never had those, you know, these, this, the Nicholas Center program at all, like when he was growing up. So I think that it's really special that I'm able to work at a place like the Nicholas Center because of my brother and how 
I, you know, the connection and how I wish that he had this growing up. And it's just, I know it's just really special for me. And I, I know I have, I have all, like when I talk about the Nicholas Center too, I always get choked up and I can't help it because I'm so grateful to be at a company that I love and that I really feel like I'm making a difference. I literally, like, I love my job so much. I love the staff. I love the participants are literally my heart. And, you know, and then I, being a living care, like, it's just all, it's just so incredible the opportunities that we get, you know, just by doing what you love. And it's just, I don't know, I feel like I can go on and on and I rant a lot. And that's why it's so good, actually, that I had to memorize this speech because I feel like if I didn't, this is what it would sound like. So I'm gonna tell this, you is, something, this is my downfall. There are no accidents. <laughs> you know, like I'm just saying, like this is what I this is what happens to me because I get so passionate and I go in and in and in and I'm just like I don't stop. And but you know, I'm just just so happy that I was able to speak my truth. Oh my god, you like what there I did you there? Go. You did it. And that I was able to get my story out with, you know, my brother, which, you know, I wish he was here tonight too because he's such an incredible guy. I'm sorry, I keep going, but I just wish that, I'm, I hope still for him that he could find a place like the Nicholas Center that's, that's appropriate for him, you know? And I know, I know. It's up to Stella. Stella, Nicole, Jeremy. Or Sean, right? can we play Brooke off? Can we, you have that Oscar music we could play her off? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm but kidding. thank you guys. No, seriously, this has been incredible. And thank you to Nicholson for always literally being such a huge part of my life and giving me all the things. Thank you, Brooke. Make me feel good. I'm going to keep going. Thank you. No, thank you, Brooke. <laughs> uh, Robert, your son is a participant at the Nicholas Center, and I'm lucky enough to actually produce a podcast for the Nicholas Center called Agents of Humanity, a show that features your son, Robert, as one of the hosts. What has it been like to go from the origin story that you described in your talk tonight to having Robert be a participant in a place like the Nicholas Center where he is able to work and learn to his potential? That's a great question. It reminds me <clears throat> of when he left college and was in job training. And the individuals who were coaching him there said, it's not gonna work. Robert rocks, he makes noise. And we're like, he's autistic. And within about three weeks, we were able to find Nicole and Stella at the Nicholas Center. And I don't want to exaggerate, but it's literally as if the sky opened, the sun shone down, and we were like, oh my God, this is fantastic. There are people like us, parents like us, who have the same goals and desires and wants and fears and, and concerns. And we can share that together. And to see my son go from someone who was shy, apprehensive, um, tentative, to what he is now, he has tremendous opinions. And he is happy to share them with you. <laughs> and his musical tastes, eh, maybe not. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. All right, so before we continue, I have a last question, but before I ask our panelists up here, I would like to ask the audience, do anybody have a question you would like to pose to our speakers up here? I want to make room for you. Yes. 
I just wanted to say that when, uh, when George approached me with the idea for the Nicholas Center to co-produce, um, I immediately envisioned people that I would ask, and I asked, and without hesitation, you all said yes. And as Brooke said, I don't think you necessarily knew what this was going to entail, and you just did it. You dove in, and you really... <laughs> and you delivered, and you really um, have changed lives, and uh, I'm just so proud of you, and I'm, I'm really grateful, and I wanted to thank you, and a shout-out. And of course, to George and, and Fred and Speak for, uh, for giving us this opportunity, because these words will go on and on. So thank you guys, really. Courageous. Thank you. Thank you as well. Thank um, you. Would anybody like to say something in the audience? Oh, right. Um, hi, guys. Um, a lot of you talked about your journey, right? And all of those journeys had an origin point, right? I, my one question that uh, sort of jumped straight to the front of my mind was, if you could go back and meet that person right now, knowing what you know and having traveled the road that you've traveled, if you could give yourself one, not maybe not one word, but one small piece of advice, what would you say to that person now? That's a great question. Um, I think a piece of advice that I would give is not to be so fearful um, moving forward. At the time that my son was diagnosed, he was 18 months old, and the future seemed so bleak. And I was so focused on when he's 21, is he gonna be able to go to college or live on his own instead of really focusing on every single moment? And those are the things that mattered. And so many things changed from 1997 to now that I wish I wasn't so afraid of the future. For me, I don't know who found it, whether it was my wife, Jill, or myself, but we found a, a quick blurb, and it was simply that life is not about hiding from the storm. It's learning how to dance in the rain. I would say to my younger self, everything happens for a reason, and you are where you need to be, and things will fall into place. You just have to just ride it out. I would tell myself, um, just keep on keeping on and um, stay hopeful. I, you know, I, there were times where I really honestly lost hope. I, I had no idea where we were going. And um, I'm, I'm glad, obviously, to be where I am now. But that's what I would do, I would say. Keep up the hope. Me too? You sure? <laughs> this thing on? <laughs> I mean, I think I, I, I kind of wish that I was educated more myself, maybe, like I, or advocated more for, for Zach. Um, I don't know, like I, I think about it and then like my heart breaks a little bit, you know, to know that where, how happy I am in my life and that I love so much what I do. I literally come to work happy every day. Like I, I tell you, it's no joke and it's so so thankful to the it's Nicholson that makes this right and like our our team and all but in Zach he he really doesn't have that and like so it really I don't want to get emotional but it really it's sad and it really really sucks and so I kind of wish that I if I knew this now like a adulting and because we really are practically twins like we're we're very close in age so I didn't really understand what was going on as much 
I wish that I did, and I wish that you know maybe now maybe this will help me to do better again and try harder with him again. And like I thought that I did, I, you know, I always you always doubt yourself. You always want to push and do do more. But I think that you know hopefully I, this will be a really good thing. Wow. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that question. Thank you for that question. And, and to, to our speakers, our panelists, thank you for sharing such um, intimate moments with us and, and, and sharing your heart. That, that, that was very moving. And you reflecting back, what would you say based on your lived experience and all the wisdom and knowledge you have acquired? So I'm sure that's hopeful and encouraging for people listening, not only in the audience, but those listening to the podcast right now. I have a last question for everyone. Right, so my final question is for the group, and uh, I want each of you to answer to the best of your ability. What is your hope for this talk that you gave today? And what kind of impact would you like it to have in your wildest dreams? What is your hope for the talk that you gave today? And what kind of impact would you like it to have in your wildest dreams without any limitation? So I'm gonna start from my left. Kelly, Brooke, Pan, Dr. Dell. And we'll wrap up with Robert. My hope for this talk is to inspire others that you can achieve anything you want with the help of others and encouragement from others. And to mothers out there, just be a constant support and never give up on your kids and they can achieve anything that they put their minds to. That was good. Um, my hope is that, you know, others have got, have been inspired by like my story and maybe other siblings feel what I feel or, you know, anybody that is struggling with being diagnosed and not knowing how they're feeling, if they feel different, that they really, you know, it's okay to live like in your truth. Like that's where you're going to get far in life, you know. Backstory quickly, I've, you know, I feel I had learning disabilities growing up. I was in resource room, you know, growing up in elementary school, high school. And look at me now, I'm the program director at the Nicholas Center. Like, Woo! are you kidding me? You know? And and like so and it's okay and it's all good. And I just feel, you know, just really grateful that, you know, I'm here and then again that other people get inspired by what I've shared with my brother and that's in that they really, you know, find what their purpose is in life, like I have. Thank you, Brooke. Pam? Uh, my hope is that um, someone who really needs to hear my speech will hear it someday, either like a parent who's up late Google searching what could possibly be going on, or uh, maybe somebody who just stumbles upon my speech out of curiosity and, and makes a connection. So my hope is that I can help someone else by having them hear this. Thank you, Pam. Um, I think my biggest hope is that parents and caregivers will be awakened to really understand that for progress to happen, the onus is really on them. Like they have to take on those battles and really work on small achievements step by step. There's so many opportunities and support available now um, as opposed to years ago that I really hope that they're not afraid and will just take things sitting down and really fight for their kids or 
niece or nephew or whoever it is, but um, it's important that they just don't take the basic answers sitting down. You need to really fight for them and awaken inside of them to move forward. Thank you, Deb. <laughs> um, for me, my hope is that an employer watching this podcast or hearing it will decide that it's okay to give someone who's neurodiverse a chance at employment. Um, my son has an incredible memory. He's incredibly dedicated to what he does. Um, just a quick story, we're on vacation in Maine and Robert says, hey, can we go to the Dairy Queen around the corner? We hadn't been there in five years, but there was a Dairy Queen around the corner. So that skill set, if you can harness that in employment or figure out how to do that, that's what I hope for. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Robert, and thank you to all of our speakers today at Speak Neurodiversity. I want to thank each speaker, Kelly, Brooke, Pam, Dale, and Robert. Incredible job tonight, not only on the stage, but here on this podcast. So give them a round of applause, everybody. I want to thank our co-producers here, Leanne Vitrone and the Nicholas Center, uh, for joining us. Yes, thank yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, absolutely, for, for joining us on this venture. I know this was new and different and scary, but I hope it's something that we can continue and, and do again. Maybe every week we'll do it, once a week. It'll be fun. Same speakers, just not Brooke, because come on, Brooke. We got to, come on. <laughs> Brooke's mom next time. Brooke's mom next time, you can tell us more about Brooke's personal life, that would be great. That'll be the next question. Uh, but yeah, I want to I thank the Nicholas Center, Leanne Vitrone, Stella Spinakos in the audience. Um, I want to thank the, uh, the Landmark on Maine, the Gene Rimsky Theater for having us today, incredible venue, uh, and in the town of Port Washington. This is a really nice town. You guys always talk about this. I hear about it on the podcast, I hear about it from you guys, incredible town, Port Washington. So. Thank you for everybody, for your support, and the audience for supporting us and for being here tonight. We appreciate you. That does it for this episode of The Speak Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and anywhere the podcasts are downloadable. The link is on the agenda page on the Talk of That survey. And again, we want to thank you for being here tonight. Please make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. And uh, before we, we finish up tonight, we always do this at the end of the events, but you know we, we put the podcast in between this, but we want to give our speakers an opportunity to stand up and take their final bow of the night. So speakers, if you can, line up right here on the red line. Everybody give them a big round of applause as they take their bow. Good night, everybody. Get home safe. The Speak Podcast is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios, executive produced by Fred P. Banning, Jason Martin, and George Andriopoulos. Our theme song, Champions Day, is by Lupus Nocti. Incidental music, Melting Places, is by Andreas Cantu. Music and sound effects licensed through Epidemic Sound. The Speak Podcast is hosted with Podbean. Make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts while you're at it. Follow Speak at Speak underscore event on Twitter and at Speak event on all other social media platforms. 
Visit our website, speakevent.com, for upcoming events, channel partner, sponsorship, and speak at work opportunities. And follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Speak Podcast is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios, executive produced by Fred P. Banning, Jason Martin, and George Andriopoulos. Our theme song, Champions Day, is by Lupus Nocti. Incidental music, Melting Places, is by Andreas Cantu. Music and sound effects licensed through Epidemic Sound. The Speak Podcast is hosted with Podbean. Make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts while you're at it. Follow Speak at Speak underscore event on Twitter and at Speak event on all other social media platforms. Visit our website, speakevent.com, for upcoming events, channel partner, sponsorship, and speak at work opportunities. And follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios.